Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, it has been two weeks since we've last seen you. Have you missed us? I know we've missed you. Carla Renata's got some names and she's coming for you next! You're tuning in to the destination for TV super fan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Hot diggity dog, look at that! That music is back, and you know what? So are we. Welcome, everybody, back to the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV, breaking down all the latest happenings there in Port Charles. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Moran. And I am the co-host, Carla Renata. And as always, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And, of course, the chat is always going to be up and running. Share your thoughts about General Hospital in general <laughs> or this past two weeks in particular. Love that play on the words. Hey. Thank you. <laughs> so it has been two weeks since we've been off, and I know there's been a lot of tweets. Yes. Carla could not get enough of everybody asking if we were going to be doing an episode this evening while the daytime Emmys are happening. And I said, we are not attending the daytime Emmys. So, yeah, we're going to be here. Uh, maybe next year we'll be nominated. <laughs> maybe we'll actually get an invite. How oh, about that? That would be all right. Yeah, we'll go cover that big record. We could, we could always get a, a nomination for, you know, Best General Hospital After Show Online. You know, they don't they don't have an online division at the daytime Emmys. There you go. That's uh, So we could, yeah. we, could start, we could start a trend. I I feel like the competition it would, it would be pretty slim on that. We, we'd have a chance of actually winning that. Uh, so we've got some uh, news and some casting announcements. We'll talk about those later at the end of the episode. But in the meantime, we'll break down these past couple of weeks that that was in yeah. Port Charles. Yes. So were we when we left when we last uh, were here talking about General Hospital, um, Jason ran into Sam in the hallway <laughs> in Switzerland. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I guess that is where you have to, if you're a lover of soap operas, you have to give that uh, reasonable doubt. You just have to let go uh, and, and say that somebody, two people from the same town, happen to go decide to visit the same exact city, stay at the exact same hotel on the exact same floor. In the exact same country. Yes. That was a little far-fetched for me. I got to go with you on this one. <sighs> and I normally don't. I'm, I'm normally like... Nah, but yeah, I gotta go with you on that. You one. realize Carla's saying that through gritted teeth. I know I am. That I, much. I actually agree with you. I actually agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to see Jason and Sam. I mean, they reunite. They actually get to pull off, uh, do a caper together. Mm-hmm. Were you, as somebody, uh, and definitely uh, amongst the two people in this room, <laughs> the one that is advocating a Jason reunion? Jason, Jason. How much did these mm-hmm. past two weeks kind of uh, please you? Oh my God! There aren't enough words and adjectives. I was so excited, but the thing that the thing that has me the most excited is that Jason is talking more than ever. He's had more dialogue. He's had more dialogue since he back been back on General Hospital than he ever did the whole time he was there before. Which I kind of dig because now he's not so mysterious anymore. Now we know what Jason's deal is and how he rolls and how he ticks and how he operates. So I'm actually glad to see him have a conversation, and I'm and I'm really happy to see that there's not that awkwardness happening with him and Sam anymore. Like it's all out in the open. Everybody's laid their cards on the table, and they just kind of picking up where they gotta go. Yeah, great. And- <laughs> 
you know, you know, and, and I will say I did enjoy the little caper they pull along with Spinelli. It was kind of fantabulous. Yeah, that, that was yeah. fun to do. But you know what? I never need to see a romantic thing between the two of them. <laughs> Just let them do capers. That's great. That's that's that's. But that's how they fell in love in the first place was doing capers. So you know it's about to roll back around that way. Uh uh-uh, uh, get that smirk off your face. Get that smirk off your face. Mm. Jay Sam is coming back. You might as well just you know grit your teeth, cross your legs, and get ready for it because it's coming back. It's yeah. coming back. It is. Hooray! Question even, mark? even Spinelli said it. Even Spinelli threw that out there. I'm like, I kind of see that happening. But if that happens, what's that going to mean for Drew? Oh well, we already know what that means for Drew. I mean, he's. He he's a definitely a distant second. <laughs> the way they keep painting this up, as much as I was all on the bo- on board the Drew train because I was just like, let's just do something different. Mm. He clearly, you know, the, <laughs> the writers and certainly many of the fans have spoken that you know they want their J Sam and they want him now. Mm-hmm. So yes. I loved her in that little white dress pretending to be all officious and stuff. It's, this is the thing that made me laugh. So ever since we've seen her in Switzerland, she hasn't been rocking that black like she was rocking poor Charles. She was rocking a lot of white. I'm like, what's up with that? So that is, is that supposed to represent her being a, a good person now? Like, you know what I mean? Great. No, because you know the reason why the reason why I posed that question is because when I watched Scandal, I remember when uh, Scandal first came on, they would always dress Kerry Washington in white. There was a white hat, yada yeah. yada yada, and thing. And when she went to go to the dark side, then they had her dressed in black. So I'm like, hmm. Are we adopting that? And Scandal also is on ABC. So, just, so that's a rule. So that, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying ABC <laughs> might be reaching a little bit. Network-wide. <laughs> hey, anybody that's actually a good person now, dress them in white. Just, you know, all the good people, they dress in white. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm reaching. I'm, I know that's a far reach, but I'm just saying. I know, that, I know that was like taking my arm and trying to take it across the street, but, you know, had to say it, had to say it. So the reason they do this whole uh, big con that they're running on one of the banks there in Switzerland is they're looking for Heinrich's real identity and, of course, to say the 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 safety deposit box right. that he has that hoping that they maybe make an end round uh, around Heinrich and get to what Faison had left in there. Right. And then I love when they finally do get the box there's they can't really open it because it might explode or something Spinelli said. It is a conundrum box. And I'm just like really? So we did all of this. We went all <laughs> we went all the way to Switzerland did this whole caper with Spinelli pretending to be Heinrich and all this, only to get the box and find out that the box may explode if you try to open it. Like, y'all couldn't have figured that out before you went all the way to Switzerland? Like, isn't that a a detail that you could have kind of sort of discovered before you got on a plane and went overseas? I'm just saying. Well, I do like, though, that uh, when they first, Jason and Sam, they first run into each other, Jason finds out that Spinelli's been caught. So (laughs) he goes to free him from the, the Swiss jail that he's being held at. But that, they decide once the the detective or whoever has left the room that they can just have a little heart to heart talk about him and Sam like not not the time or place no right there in the interrogation room just inappropriate <laughs> just inappropriate and wrong it's just like, I yeah so I agree with you on that I think I, I think I'm probably going to agree with you a lot today oh man this is going to be a great I'm just going to put that out there and throw it out there I may actually agree with you a lot today now they weren't the only ones in Switzerland as well too no there was Robert and Anna and her little um, granddaughter um, Emma. Emma. And can I just say, so people, some people said this on Twitter, too, and I wholeheartedly agree. Emma is more a Scorpio than Lulu is a Spencer. Absolutely. And I'm just like, I, I'm going to need for them to turn that around. 
I need for General Hospital to turn that. Lulu needs to do something to redeem herself as a spinster because right now she's going into murky waters. No, that's it. We'll get to her in a little bit. Yes, of course, but I just want yes. to throw that out there. Let us sing, us, uh, sing our praises about Emma, though. Emma, that little, the little girl that plays Emma is killing it. Killing it. That little scene where she's in, where she's in the the head the headmistress, I think is what you would call her, of the school where she's pretending that she wants to go to. When she comes in there and asks her, "Young lady, what are you doing behind my computer?" and that little look on her face and the excitement that she gives Robert and Anna when she says, "I'm helping Grandma with a caper and I can do this and I can do that." <laughs> and they had that whole conversation about you know how they're going to break into the computer, the whole plan about how they're going to break into the computer, and it was like. We don't need to do that. It's already up. I'm like, I kind of love her. She she was great. And I always do like, uh, if they're going to bring on a character for even just a couple days, especially somebody that is a really big fan favorite, mm. give them some kind of like nice little bit that's going to advance the story. Mm-hmm. And uh, so often that doesn't happen with Felicia or Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this week with Robert and, and Emma, these past couple weeks, they gave them... It's been them, great. Yes. They it's gave them something great. to do. And to give Emma the, kind of, uh, the next piece of the puzzle was fantastic. I love that. And what I also loved was that whole shakedown conversation that Robert and Anna had because Robert could not understand why she, Anna was so invested in finding Heinrich. Like, what was her... Why, why did she have a wild hair up her butt about trying to find Heinrich? And then she finally breaks down and tells him what happened. And the look on his face when she finally tells him was priceless. That was the best scene. That was the best scene ever. Yeah, I. what I liked about that is I've been... So irritated by taking how long it's been for <clears throat> Anna to either share this, mm. and not that she needs to broadcast it to the world because that's right. very a, a very emotional thing, a very private. And it's thing very for her. personal, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, to the people that she knows and hopefully trusts enough to seek comfort or solace or just you know just a shoulder to cry in about the situation or open up a little bit, mm. it's been frustrating because mm. people that at least in Port Charles that have known Anna forever. Have not, I guess, maybe picked up on the hint that she's really there's another agenda. That there's something wrong. Yeah, yeah, they no one can seem, including Robert, no one could seem to understand why she was so hell bent on finding this boy. And 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 not one time did anybody think, well, is she related to him? Like, is that why she's so invested in in finding him? But Robert straight up called. Her, I mean, he called her out yes. on it immediately. Like there was no time wasted in that. And she was like. Okay, let me tell you what happened. And I thought that scene went a different way than I thought it was going to go. I thought he was going to lose his mind and it was going to be like this big fight. And so kudos to the writers for making it go in the complete opposite direction because he actually says to her, you know, I wish you had told me you wouldn't have had to go through this by yourself. I was like, oh, Robert. Uh, Not only during that conversation do we have that nice little emotional moment between Mm. the two of them, but we also get a nice little throwback (laughs) to when uh, Anna and Robert first meet on the TV show. (laughs) Yep. Man, Robert. I I love Robert Scorpio more than anything. Tristan Rogers, baby, all day long. That hair was was unfortunate. (laughs) 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 I'm a boy back in the day. I'm like, oh, that was a rough hairstyle on you. Ooh, all right. Sure. They, I, I, I always enjoyed them together on GH. That they, they were one of my favorite couples because they were never boring. No, there was we, never anything about them that was boring. And you throw in Sean Donnelly into the mix, and I, mm-hmm. I really—that's a character that I really missed having on the show too. That, yeah, uh, yeah, the way that they kind of brought him back in uh, a couple years back just was no, no, no didn't, no. didn't enjoy that. But uh, Robert surprisingly says, "All right, if you do find Heinrich, you can never tell him." 
that you're yeah, his mother. Because he said that was the condition in him helping her find. He said, "I'll help you." But the condition is you can't tell him that you're you're his mother, and oh, I'm like, yeah, because he's exposed their the rest of their family right. to a potential crazy guy. Exactly, might be too much of a risk. Exactly. Did you agree with him, or are you like, if you're in a situation, would you? I should ag- tell him. I. This is why I do agree. I agree with him because storyline wise, if she tells him, then that's going to be the end of Peter August's um, storyline on the show. Like she knows, he knows, everybody knows. What's the point? But if she keeps it a secret, then it gives lead way for some other interesting things to come out or happen along the way. You know, just to drag it out a little bit longer in terms of her revealing herself to him. Uh, yeah, but how much do you think, looking at it from Peter uh, Heinrich's point of view, that uh, it's one thing to know that, I mean, Anna's known that she gave him up for the longest time. Right. But didn't realize whatever happened to the baby. But now once she found out the existence of it and that it was her child that was still up and around. Right. That she didn't go and seek him out immediately and knew who he was at, at some point, figures out who he was, but still doesn't tell him. Do you think that's going to really just like permanently separate them once Peter does or Heinrich does find out? Yeah, I think when he finally, I think when it finally is revealed that she is his mother, I think it's going to be a long road coming for him to embrace her with open arms and be like, Mommy! I mean, you know, especially like you said, when he finds out how much time has passed that she actually knew and didn't say anything. Because for someone who is a child that they feel like they've been abandoned by a parent, that almost makes you feel like, well, did you ever really want me? Like, why didn't you just tell me immediately? Why couldn't you just tell me who you were so, you know, we could try to repair or it just let me know. Just let me know what's up. And I I feel like that's I feel like that whole situation is going to open itself up to a very interesting conversation and some very interesting and some really um, heartfelt and maybe emotional scenes between um, her and Peter. I or think, Heinrich. <laughs> I know you, you keep calling call both names. Peter Heinrich. That's right. I, I feel like there's going to be two beats to that. Is one that they're probably going to be end up working together and not realizing that they are father, a mother and son. And then at some point, Anna is going to find out. And then it's a question of how soon does she reveal that information to Heinrich? You know what I think is going to happen? Something he's going to get he's going to get shot or get sick or something uh, physically or health wise or medically is going to happen with him where she's going to have to step in and reveal that she's his mother. Or does he? Does she see him with the the lighter and puts it together and then? But so, but I still can't say anything because that thing lighter. I know he. He carries that. <laughs> he carries that ladder around like it's a binky. Like I'm gonna need you to put that in your pocket and leave it there. <laughs> Seriously, he's like a it's like a binky, like a little baby's binky, just sitting in their mouth all the time. I'm like, put that away, put it away. <laughs> uh, so usually, uh, well, with uh, with Emma, it ended that she was just there for the Switzerland adventure, yes. and then she headed back off to mm-hmm. uh, uh, Stanford to her mom. Yeah, but uh, Robert. He comes back to Port Charles, which is great. Do we see him running around? We see him running around, and then when he pops in, when he popped in on um, Valentine. Valentine, ooh, and Valentine's like, "How did you get in here?" I'm like, "Yes, Robert Scorpio, wreck his nerves real good." I loved that. Uh, I what I love about Patrick Stewart is those moments where he will let the the stutter from uh, Valentine kind of pop out mm-hmm. uh, when he hits those kind of um, those, those really mm-hmm. soft spot emotional core issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He's so great in those moments. Mm-hmm. His face, though, <laughs> what kill the one thing about him, though, sometimes that kind of bugs me is that in those scenes where he's trying to show that he's annoyed 
by something that's happened or trying to figure out what he's going to do, his eyes kind of bug out. Yes. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> Why are your eyes bugging out? Put your eyeballs back in your head. You like, do work for a spy organization, right? <laughs> Don't they teach you to not really have a tell like that? <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. how were you working at the WSB and your eyes were bugging out like that? Like, somebody should have killed you a long time ago. I'm just saying. <laughs> so the reason that Robert <laughs> goes to them is they find out on the, the conundrum box that there is a Cassidine crest on there. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he goes to Valentine. Yes. Because it was, uh, this whole thing had been set up in the safety deposit box after Helena had died. Yes. So he knew it wasn't for her. So then who could it be for? Exactly. Do you think it is for Valentine? I don't really know. I don't know who that box is for. I mean, I don't know who else it would be otherwise. Child, who knows? They may be popping another Cassidine on us that we don't know about. Or it might be for the little boy. Spencer? Mm-hmm. It no. might be for Spencer. Well, we, I mean, like yeah. I said, I'm reaching across the street, but it could possibly be. Because we haven't seen Spencer in a minute. I worry. I wonder if we won't see Spencer uh, that much because to see Spencer means we've got to see Laura. And Jeannie Francis is not really coming back in the show for the foreseeable future. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes they do that with, um, they might have her do like a little pre-tape, a little cameo or something. You know, it doesn't have to be her coming back to the show, back to the show. But sometimes they'll do it through a phone call or sometimes they'll read a letter and say, oh, Laura sent, you know, they'll make reference to the character without the character actually being there. They've Uh, done that quite a few times. True. Uh, And quick side tangent to that. Interesting that we're getting a lot more Kevin Collins, which is great. I love John Lindstrom, and it's fantastic. Yeah, I love him, yeah. But it has been interesting in all these scenes. We have not had, like, a little shout-out about Laura. And, and, and very I know, because he's married to her, right? Yep. I told you that wedding. I, to- I told you that union from the get-go was like, wah, wah, wah. Well, I, that, and that is only because of uh, decisions made by the producers to, for whatever reason, only have Jeannie Francis recurring, and she was not up for that. I'm just saying. I just, but you're right. It is really interesting that they're sh- they're showing him quite a bit, and there is no mention of Laura. He doesn't mention her. He doesn't talk about her. It's almost as if she never existed, which is kind of annoying. Yeah, you would think you'd have maybe a, a mention with and a scene with him and Elizabeth, or Lulu's coming by the hospital real quick and runs into him, and nothing. they have a quick quick sentence about her and nothing. Go. But nothing. I can't. I'm just like, really, I can't. So Robert, after his conversation with Valentine, comes back to Anna and says, you know what? I think Valentine uh, has, has been lying the whole time. Not only was he lying about the, the sex of your child, but we believe, I think he's the one that actually hand-delivered Heinrich to Faison. I think he's right. Because Valentine, if you notice, Valentine's story about that night seemed to flip-flop depending on who he's talking to. He never, like, he told Anna one thing, and then he was, well, he probably has to lie to Nina, you know. And it just it just depends on who he's talking to and how he's disseminating that information, or Peter. It, it, the story keeps changing, so I'm kind of like, there's a part of me that feels like he had a big hand in how Anna and Peter didn't end up together as mother and son. And I think when Peter August finds that out, it's going to be some fireworks going on because yeah. he will find out. Uh, one person that is doggedly pursuing that is good old Nina. Does not trust your your boy Peter Heinrich, I Peter know. August whatsoever. Peter Heinrich. <laughs> That's, his That's what you going to call him, yeah, Peter, Peter Heinrich. Peter Heinrich. She doesn't, and she has good reason not to. But I'm wondering, I'm wondering to what lengths Valentine will go to to stop her from finding out because she's this close. Absolutely, she's uh, this close. You know what? We're so close to. We're so close. Uh, 
And by close, I mean just another six days until Friday. <laughs> and you know what happens on Friday? It's your opportunity to learn, laugh, grow in all areas of your life. Because for those that love podcasts, we've got a great one for you. And that's Conversations with Marie Munoz Podcast Edition. Comes out on Friday, just six short days from now. Right there, and it's created by our AfterBuzz TV founder, Maria Menounos. Uh, Conversations with Maria Menounos feature celebrity and influencer interviews, along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all areas of life. From health and wellness to career, relationships, finances, and more, let our Maria be the big sister you never had. So just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menounos for free. And when you do, let her know it was Carla from the GH Report that got you there. (laughs) (laughs) Conversations with Maria Menounos, podcast edition. Check it out. Or Carla Uh, will come for you. (laughs) Um, excuse me, you are the host of the show, so they would have to say that you sent them there, too, okay? <laughs> so Sorry. Let's dive into Valentina and Nina, because okay. Valentin, he is so on Nina's tip about, like, hey, you're lying, you're not telling me the whole story, you're trying to make an end around, trying to find out what the deal is with Peter August, and yet Valentina has got so many skeletons in his closet that when this all blows up, oh, man. I know. It's like, it's like pot and kettle. I'm like, really? How you how you gonna come for your wife like that and you it's like he opened his mouth and the skeleton just tumbles out. <laughs> Every time he opens his mouth, it's just like, really? Come on. Um but like I said before, it's gonna be really interesting to see what lengths he will go to to not let us, another skeleton come tumbling out of his mouth when it comes to Nina. Or if or if he does let Nina in on what's happening what Nina's going to do. Like, if she does find out who Peter really is, and she finds out that Peter really is Heinrich, and she finds out that Valentine actually knew this all along, what's that going to mean for their relationship? How is she going to react to that? Is she going to stand by her man, or is she going to dump him like a bad habit? You know, I, it'll, well, I don't know. I, if Nathan's death was not involved in all of that, and it was just a separate incident, and nothing, no tragedy happened, in, in, in association with Nathan and her, mm-hmm. I think maybe she might, she'd be mad, but maybe she could learn to, uh, or at least accept it, or they could work through it. But I feel like throwing Nathan's death right into that whole mix, mm-hmm. when it comes out, man, that, I feel like that's going to be a bridge that Nina can't cross on that. She's going to say, I'd rather just say adios. I know, but there's been, so, there's been, nothing as bad as her losing her brother. Yeah. But there's been some other stuff that went down where she was really mad at him. And then, you know, he whined and dined her and got her back. But like you said, I, I think maybe there is that possibility that she'd be like, you know what? All of this, these shenanigans that you've been playing with this fool over here resulted in my brother dying. And I may, I may not ever be able to forgive you for that. The hardest thing is that, I mean, you've got, uh, you know, you got Charlotte. And she loves Charlotte so much. I know. And she, it, this, all of this may be the impetus to make her snap. Because, you know, she was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs when she showed up in Port Charles. So uh, it may make her flip back and be crazy again. Yeah, I, that I did, that portrayal of Nina, man, a little of that went a long way with me. <laughs> I enjoyed this, where she actually has her act together to, mm-hmm. a, to a greater extent. Mm-hmm. If they went back to that earlier kind of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, ugh, I don't know how much I'd enjoy watching that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us would, but they may they may send her there. Like she may try to kidnap Charlotte. She may she may she may snap and try to hurt Charlotte to get back at Valentine because she knows how much Charlotte means to Valentine. She loves Charlotte too, but at the end of the day, Charlotte's not her biological biological child. So Ooh. 
I'm I just saying, that. you know how the you, soaps you, do. You're getting so dark here, Carl. No, but I'm just, I'm getting into the minds of the GH writers. I've seen, I've been watching this show for over 20 years. Whoa. And those are some of the scenarios that arose that they possibly could go down. And I've seen them go down over the years. So, I mean, we haven't seen your niece in a while. Hmm? We haven't seen your niece in a while. <laughs> All right. I think Carla might be confessing something. I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll move on. And, Come back to that. <laughs> I can't stand you. Uh, so uh, one way that at least that Nina tries to get uh, Maxie and Peter kind of split a little bit is like, hey, why don't we invite uh, Peter over and set him up on a oh blind date? Oh, my God. Date? That was pure <laughs> comedy. When Maxie says to that girl, you know those are loaded with carbs, and she disappears and we never see her again, that made me yep. laugh out loud. Like she said, she says, excuse me, and puts the food on the mantle and then bounces out the door. And Nina's like, where is she? And Max is like, I don't know. Well, I haven't seen her. I'm like, really? I'm assuming she probably went to the restroom maybe, but still, <laughs> yeah, lack of class by just putting it right there on the mantle. I just, like, how are you going to be in somebody's house and put food on the mantle, first of all? And then second of all, then Max is all like, oh, it's a good thing I showed up. Because I think now... What that scene actually revealed is that Maxie actually feels a little bit more toward Peter than we had been led to believe up until that point. Like, we, at, up until that point, I felt like she was like, oh, he's a nice guy. Give him a break. But when she walked in that room and saw him talking with that other chick that was tall and thin and model-esque, and, you know, there's Maxie that's pregnant and a little chunky, it made her feel some kind of way. And she didn't like You could see on her face that she didn't really care for that. She didn't like that at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I have never... You know, never experienced the grief of losing a loved one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, so I don't. I, in terms of the grieving process and like thinking about like moving on, mm-hmm. I, I have no idea how long that process takes, and I'm sure it's different for every person. It ebbs. I mean, for most people, it ebbs and flows. Um, I have, so it it ebbs and flows. There, you can go for months and be totally normal, and there could be a smell or a color or the tone of somebody's voice. I mean, it literally can be something that's so minute and small to to someone else. But for you, it takes you right back to, to that person or a situation with that person or a comment that they made or something that they may have said to make you laugh. And it just it just breaks you down. So it, that whole grieving process, it ebbs and flows. But what you should not be doing while you ebbing and flowing is trying to have a new relationship with somebody that's your, that's your baby's uncle. I'm just saying. That's what you, should, that's what you shouldn't be doing. Uh, again, another, just one of those questions, like when it does get revealed, uh, how Maxie or how Maxie is going to respond to that. She should be trying to hook up with her baby's uncle. That's all I'm no. saying. <laughs> no. I mean, keep it in the family, can right? Oh, hell no. No. Isn't that soaps? No, that's some Hatfield and McCoy oh. stuff. Get on somewhere with that. <laughs> uh, now, uh, speaking of Maxie, though, she does have a couple scenes this week uh, with Sam, where they get a chance to kind of catch up on how everything is, and, mm-hmm. and Sam finally shows her that, hey, you know what? I kept a lot of stuff from uh, some stuff from Nathan's uh, apartment there that you want to get tossed out. So here they are back again. And the scene that we thought was going to happen at some point finally did. Were you happy with the uh, the resolution of that? I was because you know. Because Sam had been through that when she thought she lost Jason, she was able to effectively communicate, yeah, you might not want to be throwing stuff away. You know, it's just, I was glad that they had that resolution and they were able to have that conversation because 
I think Sam is the only person that could have had that conversation with Maxie where she actually would have listened. Like, Felicia could have had that conversation with her. Alexis could have had that conversation with her. There's a couple of other people in Port Charles that she's actually close enough to that she actually could have had that conversation with, but I don't think she would have heard them. I think Sam is the only person that she would actually listen to, and I don't... And and I don't see why not, because, you know, Sam has nothing to gain from telling her the truth. Mm-hmm. So I think she's the only reason. And she, I think that's probably the major reason why she listens to Sam when they do have those conversations. Uh, Maxie does, during the course of that conversation, share how she feels about Lulu at this moment. Well, she always sharing how she feels about Lulu. And it's, she uh, shares how she feels about Lulu <laughs> to anybody who will listen these days. She uh, <laughs> still... Not a big fan. No. And uh, no. doesn't see any change happening in the horizon there. Again, I think with that relationship, too, it's going to take something. Somebody's going to have to be in trouble. Like, what I would love to see happen is for Maxie to be, tra- <laughs> this is, again, dark. She would have to be trapped somewhere, like in an elevator or just trapped somewhere where Lulu just happens to be the person that saves her. And I think that's probably going to be the only way their relationship can have any kind of resolution because anything short of that, it's not going to happen. She's way too angry. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could throw out, it's not just Peter delivering her baby, but it's also Lulu and Peter delivering the baby. Hmm. No. What I did like at least, though, is that uh, even though she's like, you know what, I I don't want to have anything left to do with Lulu, uh, we do see Lulu later in the week where she, uh, in real life, is going to twist her ankle or broke her foot. Mm -hmm. uh, So she's in a cast. Mm -hmm. But we do see her just outside of uh, the restaurant. And when Maxie runs into her, there's at least that, like, even though you may hate somebody, just as a human being, you can say, like, oh, you okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, And even though you may not want to have the time of day. yeah, She got a heart. She's not, she's not. She's not completely cold blooded, and I think that I think that Maxie still cares for Lulu deep down inside. Because you can't be friends. I mean, they've been friends for a long time, like since they were teenagers. They've been friends forever. They've seen each other through all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, you have some snafus and relationships and friendships and stuff. But for some t- for some people, it's permanent, and for some people, it's just that a little snafu, and you kind of get back to business as usual. But you never forget that little snafu that you had because it makes you look at them with one eye open like, okay, I'm going to be looking at you a little harder. I'm just going to keep my eye on you just a little bit better. But um, That's a look that will haunt me in my dreams. Like right that. there. <laughs> always keeping an eye out on me. Like, But I really want them to mend their friendship because they are pure comedy when they're together. So I miss that. Do you or would you rather just have them just be like, that was it? Frenemies? No, I don't want them to be frenemies. I wouldn't even say like frenemies, but just somebody like, you know what? We're just not really going to you know, no, interact. No, I don't want to see that happen. I really don't. I would like, because when you think about it, they're literally the only two young women <laughs> in Port Charles other than Kiki. And Nell. And Nell. Which, well, anybody really checking for Nell, so uh, we can't what? even count her. But you know what I'm saying? So it's like, so we mentioned four. It's like, Really? So we're going to have two out of the four not talking. That's not good. That's no bueno. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't endorse that. <laughs> uh, before we jump into the younger Jerome, why don't we talk into talk about the, the older Jerome? That's Kiki. Or that's Ava. And the whole storyline with now uh, <laughs> poor Mike, uh, you, know, you know, taking Avery yeah, yeah, because he was you know, suffering from dementia. Ava now trying to sue for, sue for full custody. This storyline drove me bonkers this week. I or in punch, the past two weeks. I want a bunch I want to punch her in her throat. Because it's Ugh. like really, how unsympathetic do you have to be to want to get back at Sonny that badly 
that you would rather see his Alzheimer's suffering dad be behind bars than just like go, oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. I'm I'm sorry you're having to deal with the Sonny. Let's just forget about this this one time and let's just move on. But you know, moving on, moving forward, can we just you know make sure that you know he's not by himself again? But what happens? She's blaming Sonny. She's blaming Carly. She's blaming everybody. Griffin's looking at her like she's a crazy person. You know, even Griffin is looking at her like, well, damn, what did I get into? Yeah. <laughs> even he's looking at her like, do I really still want to be in a relationship with her? Because she kind of just pops off at at anything, and then she, and then later on in the week. She's all upset because he didn't call and check on her. Well, would you be calling to check on her? No. Because no. she's fucking... Oops. Yeah! <laughs> the phrase that pays right here on the GH Report. She is... She's <laughs> off the charts vindictive. And I mean, I knew I knew the goody two-shoes Ava was not going to last for very long. I knew something was going to set her over the edge. And it did. That whole situation... She, she's... <laughs> For her to say that Avery was abducted, Avery wasn't abducted. He didn't steal the poor child. He thought that Avery was Courtney. Yes. He has dementia. He has Alzheimer's. So he sees a little blonde girl. The only little blonde girl in his life, in his memory, is Courtney. So he thought he was dealing with Courtney. Ava never, ever, she never even um, mentions that. She It never even comes out of her mouth. And I'm sure somebody at some point has said that to her, but she never once says, you know, oh, he thought that was Courtney, blah, 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 blah. Does she even know who Courtney is? Who knows? We'll never know. But I just think it's vindictive and it's mean. And I don't I don't like her. And I'm, and I'm feeling like Sunny's probably going to take her out. Well, I mean, certainly this whole situation is, is exasperated by the fact that Ava and Sunny, uh, they, they can't stand each other. Mm-mm. So... Uh, and since Sunny has had so much leverage on Ava, now that Ava feels like she has like a chip in Fine, the game, right? She's like, "All right, I am going all in on this." But but this is the funny part. You know, it's a sad day for Ava when Nell is the voice of reason for Ava. When yeah. Nell turns around and says, "Well, you know, Ava, you might not want to do that." I was like, "What? Did she just say that?" Yeah. I was like, uh-oh. I'm like, is, is Nell starting to see the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel? I don't know. But I was just like, I'm not having that. And let's not mention, I mean, let's not forget the fact that, you know, Ava's walking around acting all holier than thou. Like, she's been oh so hurt and oh so wrong. In the meantime, she's snooping and leaving stuff on her phone for other people to find. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, put that phone on lock. I don't know what, what's no, going on. No. This, remember, she was like... Why don't you go through? <laughs> I love this. Why don't you go through my phone and look at that artwork? And this thing is scrolling and scrolls right across those results. But you know, I feel like right. But also, right. Giving it to Nell. You don't say that to Nell to take your personal phone and start scrolling through stuff. Right. You know that girl's past the shady. Right. And I, and Ava of all people, that's the thing that killed me. I'm like, did Ava really just give her her phone? Mm. Did she really give her that phone and think that she wasn't going to see those test results? I'm like, oh please, I can't. Nell was going to scroll, keep flipping back through those photos until she found something that just kind of like tweaked that little like you know like little gossipy, juicy kind of uh, scheme per, uh, part of her that was like, oh maybe this is something I can use. At yeah, some point. you knew. I knew. I knew Ava was in trouble when Nell was the voice of reason for Ava. When Nell sat there and said. Well, you know, you saying the same thing to her that Ava said to Nell about Carly. Yeah. Uh, I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about that. And I'm kind of frustrated in the sense where, I mean, the fact that even Jordan is like, you know what, this is, uh, this is 
bonkers because this isn't a real, this isn't a kidnapping. So at least the P- PCPD was at least you know a voice of reason in but this. But then they still put him in jail, and then they and but they were gracious enough to let Dante spend the night with him so he didn't completely flip out. You know, but. Well, cause I just hate to see I hate to see that whole storyline playing out like that. It makes me really angry. Uh, it's the, because I, I I just feel like part of it is almost sort of repetitive. Like we've already had this beat where Michael's been kind of incarcerated lot, far longer than she than he should have been. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we're hitting this again. It's it's so so recently compared to the first one. <laughs> Maybe he had a dentist appointment, child. We don't know. I guess. <laughs> but uh, Dante comes out and tells Sonny, like, "Hey, you know what? They they." Using dementia as a defense, after all these RICO cases that people, that mobsters tried to use that to get out of it, mm. uh, the court, it doesn't look uh, very kindly on that. No. But I'm also thinking, like, yeah, but that is a completely different thing. That's a RICO statute. Right. And this is a man that took his granddaughter because he was suffering from dementia. There was no malicious intent. Why? why I, the fact that was, like, don't think, I'm right. sure they will understand. If you just explain, they're not going to assume that, oh, this is a mobster. Right. But, uh, uh I'm, her her character name is not coming to me. Carolyn, the lawyer. Diane. Diane. So all I could think of was her real name. What was interesting to me about that is when Diane went to Sonny and she says, you know, one minute Mike can be really charming and then the next minute he can just, you know, flip on you on a dime. And she's like, I feel like the court may not take kindly to that. They may see him as a flight risk. And I'm like... He's got Alzheimer's. How much of a flight risk is he going to be? Yeah. He he doesn't even remember where his wallet is to get the money or where the money came from. Like, seriously? I was so annoyed by that. Because he's always running out of money. <laughs> That's the only thing that led to the, right. the, the aid right. being taken is that right. he didn't have money to he get a He didn't have any money, right. <laughs> so, and so I was, I was so annoyed by that. I'm like, really? Is that how we going to go down this road? Okay. Yeah. I just It just seems so weird that Ava is trying to go so all in on this. Uh, but it was like you said, it's because she finally yeah. has leverage over Sonny. Something that doesn't actually hits it doesn't hit Sonny personally with something that he's done, but it's his father. And she knows firsthand that him and his father had a very contentious relationship. She knows that. So she's kind of taking the knife and twisting it and hitting him where it hurts most with his parent. And she knows and <laughs> she also knows that it will make him come for her. And she's trying to get him in jail too. She's trying to goad Sony, Sony, Sonny just enough where he will flip the hell out on her, and then she'll be able to get custody of Avery permanently. Like, I think her going through the motions of getting Mike put behind bars is just the beginning of her rant. I think she's going to keep going like this to Sonny until he comes for her, and they have to put him in jail, too. So she go, oh, see? He's an unfit parent. You can't have Avery with him. Yeah, uh, Great. Uh, but I what I agree with your vo- Nell being the voice of reason where she says I don't know if you can if you're not careful you're going to lose one if not both where you might get Avery but you could lose Griffin yep and I, but I also feel like I think she's lost Griffin I, I think Griffin been long gone because remember remember that scene where he's standing at the door and he leaves and she she says I love you and he doesn't say it back it's oh, like oh yes ouch it is just saying. I mean, and I don't, I don't know if, if Griffin's excuse is that well, this is my first real committed relationship. I'm not uh, I'm like I don't know how much I'm going to let that one slide. If he tries Mm-mm. to slide, if he uses that as an excuse, Mm-mm. I think Griffin. I think Griffin knows at the end of the day that he shouldn't trust her. He knows he shouldn't trust her. She's crazy. 
Remember how crazy she was? Remember how crazy she acted when he didn't call her? Oh, And he was with Kiki, and she busted in on him and acted all stupid. Like, every time he turns around, she's having some psychotic moment. And he's probably looking at her going, well, when is is that moment going to happen to me? Like, when is she going to turn around and want to be vindictive and come and get me? Like, when is that going to happen? Ain't nobody got time for that. I feel like the the hard thing for Griffin will be is that he left the priesthood for not entirely for but Ava's the probably like ninety five percent of that right to be with her right. and I wonder like that does that make him more likely to stick in it way longer than he should because he feels like I made this big shift in my life for this person that Do I need to stay sense. into it and fight for as long as I can yeah that actually makes sense but everybody has their limit. Of tolerance, even somebody that's a former priest. And I think he is closely getting to his level of tolerance when it comes to her because she pops off a little way too often, I think, for his taste. Because yeah. whenever she does that, they always show him in the scene looking at her like, could you shut up? Like, what is wrong with you? They always show him looking like that. So I don't know. Well, I feel like once the whole, you know, like once he sees how aggressive she's been with Mike, mm-hmm. uh, how she's been kind of trying to use this as leverage to get Avery, and mm-hmm. then the photograph that she took of the test results, once that comes out. I know. It's going to be a wrap. But, but the one Ava moment that I loved when they, when they were standing in the PCPD is when she, when she calls Sonny the godfather of poor Charles, I laughed out loud. <laughs> that was priceless. That made me laugh out loud. Because we all know that, but nobody's ever said it. Yes. Nobody has ever said that on General Hospital, so that made me laugh out loud. I'm a coffee exporter. So, speaking of Nell, though, helping out, uh, being of, uh, you know, lending words of wisdom to Ava, but she's also running her wackadoodle scheme. And. But she's uh, winning, and I'm getting so upset. Oh, gosh. She's winning to the point where Carly actually thinks something's wrong with her son. <laughs> she got son. Carly got Sonny looking at her cross-eyed like, I don't need you, and you're all you're crazy right now. I got, I got my dad, so why don't you go take care of you, and I'm going to take care of my dad. And she's looking at him like, and she, I hated that, though, because she looked at Sonny like, did you really just say that to me right now? I feel bad for her. I do. Yeah. So we've got uh, that going on. She's been talking to Kevin Collins. Kevin Collins subscribe, uh, prescribed something for her. And then I love how Michael comes around that corner. He's like, Mom. And she's trying to hide. Yes. <laughs> but I, I was like, oh, I, I like Michael like being so nosy. Like, uh, what, what were you talking to Kevin about? Like, what, none of your business, buddy. He's always nosy, though, yeah. when it comes to his mom. He's always oh. trying to find out. Because he always he knows that if his mom is somewhere by herself with nobody else with her and she's not screaming and yelling and acting a fool, that she's probably up to something. And it's usually something that's no good. But, all right, because I feel like you, you bring that up because Michael does that not even just with Carly but with other people that mm-hmm. he's close to in his life. He's always like, what were you talking to them about? Mm-hmm. I... I find that that is, is it like, irritating that, you in real life. <laughs> that irritates me on the show because I think it irritates me in real life. I can tell if somebody you look comes very in, very agitated like, yeah, right if somebody now. Somebody comes in LA, it's like, what are we talking about? It's if like wanted, I'm not talking to you. Yeah, if I wanted to tell you, I'd as soon as you walked up, I'd have filled you in. The fact that I haven't should tell you that you don't need to know. I can't. You are cracking me up. Oh, let me just back up one quick second to to um, Lulu. I remember um, in the chat room a few weeks ago, people were like. Why isn't Dante reigning in his wife? Well, this, during the last couple of weeks, he finally said to Lulu, you know, what you did, what you did with um, Maxie, that, one, that yeah. wasn't so hot. I'm like, ooh, 
Because remember, we were we were like, why won't he rein in his wife? And he wasn't he wasn't saying anything. He didn't say anything one way or the other. And then they laying up in that bed, and he was like, you know, you might want to just like stop that. Yeah, but look how charming he was. He got to say what he felt, and he still got a little sweet loving. You know what? I, <laughs> <laughs> only a dude would say something right. like that. Only a dude? Come on now. Only a dude. Only a dude. Only well, thanks. A dude. I'm a dude. You're a dude. Right. You're a dude. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, to, to jump back for a second, like when we first came in, because Carla was talking to a host, uh, that her favorite host goes that she does a show with. Uh, <laughs> uh, Scott Menzel. Yes. Uh, Black Tomatoes. If we ranked uh, Scott and me, it's Scott's here. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not so, even in the room. That's, that's how so it is. not true. But if I walked in, what are you guys talking about? Come on, you would have said, like, you would have given me that look. You would have thrown just the one like, eye at me and jumped the heck out of me. No, I wouldn't have thrown you a look. I would have said, um, it's an A and B conversation. Why don't you see your way to a corner somewhere? Boom, there you go. <laughs> I would have told you. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, I do not mix my words <laughs> on the GH report or any place else in oh. life. So uh, I know we're getting ready uh, to close to wrap up. I guess we should do a little bit of the, the, the news first and then throw some predictions out. Yes, oh, go for Oh, but wait. I, I just quickly, I just quickly, quickly, quickly do it. had to um, bring up Dr. Branch harassing Kiki yet oh, again. Yeah, let's talk about that because that's just. Because I just was like. Okay. Do you think the way that he was acting towards her. I think she's going to punch him in his throat. I mean, part of it also feels like. He's overcompensating, but then also if you've watched any medical shows, you realize that those those doctors can be over overboard in terms of toughness because they want to just make sure that you're not going to break down. Yeah, but he's borderline <sighs> creepy. He, yeah. he is, he's borderline tough and creepy. And then what cracks me up is that every time there's some kind of interaction between Dr. Branch and Kiki, Griffin always seems to be lurking in the background to save yeah. her. I'm like, what's up with that? And I think that's probably what's going to make Ava snap. Maybe, because then we also see Branch always comes back and then sees, like, Griffin and Kiki having, like, right. some kind of hug. And I think that's what's going to make him stand. He's always <laughs> lurking in the background. Something happens with them. But, okay, we can talk about them later on. But yeah, go uh, ahead and talk. Because well, I feel something. like we're waiting, because we do see you're talking with TJ a little bit about it. But she is not, at least, I, I, I would love it if Kiki, I mean, I'm sure, given her situation, if she feels very vulnerable to disclose something like that and feels she like. She can't, you know, this and this, this is part of the whole Me Too thing. She's probably feeling like she can't say anything because he's such a well-respected and revered doctor in the medical community within the world of Port Charles and General Hospital. She probably is scared that if she does speak up and say something, the the retaliation won't necessarily be toward her, I mean toward him, but it'll backfire toward her. And she worked really hard to get to that point. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking she's probably scared. Yeah, I mean, I guess, and certainly I don't know in, in the situations if women in those positions or anybody in that position feels comfortable at least sharing that how they're feeling with a friend Mm-mm. you want to just keep I've, it close I've been in that position you never well not never but when I was in that position I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want the possibility of what I had to say about that person to be repeated and repeated not in the way that it came out of my mouth and have it turned into something else that it wasn't. Yeah. So that by the time I actually do tell somebody of authority who could do something about it and they get some twisted, jacked up version of what I actually said, it could work against me instead of for me. So, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't tell. All right, well, I wouldn't even tell her. I wouldn't even, I w- I wouldn't even tell my mom. I didn't tell my mom for years. So there's that. Well, I, it's, uh, I can understand that. I guess we'll see 
how the storyline is developing, it seems to be kind of on a slow burn because we don't see Kiki that often. He's usually about like once a week or so. so. Oh, shoot. And we out of time. Oh, yeah. oh, and wait, wait. Real, real, real quick. They finally re- uh, uh, revealed why Jordan was coughing. She oh. has a spot on her lung, so there's that. But it's like, but it's nothing. And it's just that, that cough is just some of the debris in the air, the dust from the uh, the earthquake. I can't. Okay, continue. Now that, <laughs> that, that was like a whole lot of nothing. Uh, Coughing for weeks, yep. for debris from an earthquake. I'm like, really, I can't. <laughs> still, I just love you just going against like her coughing on her way out of a scene. I, I will always laugh at that because <laughs> it was true. Hey, you laugh it because you remember seeing yep. it. And it was like, what is that? <laughs> so, uh, some quick casting news here uh, is that we got TV news. Hey. Look at that. that! This casting news is uh, explosive, everybody. So, uh, <laughs> mind your uh, fingers and toes, uh, Leslie Charleston. Uh, she had a mishap with her dog. She ended up injuring oh. herself. So uh, she is out of commission while she's oh, recovering. No. Yeah, but she's going to be fine. Monica. She's, yeah. But in the meantime, though, Monica's still an essential part of the, uh, the canvas. So we're mm-hmm. going to have her back. Patty McCormick is going to be uh, replacing her. She's going to be about in mid-May. So when you oh, see bad seed chick. I love her. Yeah. So. I worked with her on Heart of Dixie. Oh, uh, watch your toes, everybody. Some names are being dropped. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I love her. But Insty Who, continue. Uh, and then we also, of course, my least slash most favorite time of the year, uh, favorite to, to drive me crazy, is the Nurses Ball. It's coming around soon, everybody. <laughs> Yay. That, and you know how I feel about that event. That event drives me bananas because it's so dumb. I love it. It is I so love it. dumb. I love the musical numbers. Uh, but <laughs> uh, don't worry. We're going to have uh, our new red carpet host. That's going to be a Nick Viali. Uh, is a former Bachelor star. Uh, he's going to be interviewing some of the stunning GH guests as they stroll down that red carpet. Oh, joy. Oh, fantastic. And we're also going to have uh, Colleen Sullivan. Uh, she's also going to be the reporter that works. Uh, she'll be doing a little bit of that during the other uh, week of uh, May 16th to the 21st. Yay. So she'll be around for that Nurses Ball drama. But no worries. I know there was some talking on social media about uh, Lynn Herring possibly having her role as the MC. Maybe not happening or at least diminished in some capacity. Oh, no. Rest they can't assured. do that. The nurse's ball wouldn't be the nurse's ball without Lucy Coe. Oh, no, 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 We can't do that. Lucy's in full effect. We're going to get the full <laughs> unfiltered Lucy Coe. Uh, and you know what's happening because she's going around talking to everybody to see who's going to be doing those great performances during that week. It is like it is like, it is like American Idol General Hospital edition gone wrong sometimes. I, sometimes I, some of them are really good, but some of them are like American Idol General Hospital edition gone wrong. I would be excited to see a Finn and Anna thing. Uh, I would be not excited at all to see a Julian and Kim thing. That does not excite me whatsoever. I think it would be good, though. Oh, unless they're just going to have sex on stage to let everybody uh, watch. Don't, don't you love how she bought him new pillows? <laughs> that is so, what is that? How do you have sex with somebody and then buy, buy them some new pillows and be like, mm, I didn't like how your pillows were, so the next time I stay yeah. over, why don't you use these? I can't have my head being banged up against the wall with this. <laughs> The pillows offer no protection. <laughs> that made me laugh out loud, and then he, and then what made me laugh even louder is him going, "Well, I didn't get you anything. What's she gonna get you? She didn't sleep at your house. You slept. I mean, you didn't sleep at her house. She slept at yours. Yeah, oh, and I do like Julian uh, when he does see Drew come into the uh, to Kelly's. He's gonna make you know. I'll see you at the nurses' ball for our performance, right, Kim? There you go. Just gotta. Stake his claim. Like, eh, don't brag about that, Julian. It's going to be a great performance. Uh, all right. But uh, we'll do a couple of predictions before we had to wrap out the show. Okay. Ooh. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Uh, one prediction I want to ask you about okay. uh, is 
we there, there's been this on and off again thing for the longest time with Finn and Anna, mm-hmm. and we finally see them uh, again. Frustrating us as always when they get to have like a moment right there in Kelly's where mm-hmm. she's trying to open up about everything that's been happening mm-hmm. with her to Finn. And I was excited to have that moment come. And then we've got Lucy Coe coming in with her dumb dumb nurses ball stuff. <laughs> you said dumb dumb nurses ball. Oh man, yes. So, uh, do, how soon do you feel like we're going to see some sort of resolution? With a, uh, an Anna and Finn thing. I think the Anna and Finn thing will get resolved on the nurse's ball, is what I think. I hope so. That would be I great think, to see them do it. I think it would be great to do it during that time because they always, whenever they do the nurse's ball, they always bring one or two storylines that have kind of been lurking in the background that haven't had a, a nice resolution. They usually kind of bring that to the forefront during that time. So I'm hoping that's one of the ones that they do. Uh, any predictions from you? I'm predicting that. Uh, um, I'm hoping that there's some kind of clue for Carly's sake that um, this whole thing that's making her crazy about Morgan is just that and that she's not really cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, that there's going to be something that gives her some kind of clue into somebody in Port Charles trying to drive her there, and I'm hoping that she finds out it's Nell and that she punches it in her throat. <laughs> I, I feel like Carly is going to find out, but it's going to come a little too late. She's going to be... See ya uh, in, in the, uh, the nut the, the You nut think house. they're going to put her in the nut house? She's going to get in the nut house and then realize, uh-oh, wait, this has been now all along. But I'm already in the nut house. How do I get out? That's going to be crazy. Uh, I don't my- want to have that happen. But I also feel like, isn't that a simple thing? Like, you talk to Michael, because Michael knows how shady Nell is. So I, I feel like if it, Carly being incarcerated, it's going to be a momentary incarceration. And then we get to see Carly coming out uh, with, with claws bared. <laughs> Carly's coming and she's bringing hell with her. Uh, to quote Tombstone and Kurt Russell. Um, uh, oh, to, to jump back for one second in an early prediction, I just want to ask you a feeling. Because uh, we do get to see some Alexis and Finn hook up. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like them as friends, but like seeing them as like even just like any sort of kind of romantic option. I don't like, the, I don't like them hooking up romantically. And no. I think that's Alexis. I think that's them. I think that's them rebounding for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And I think it's going to come back to bite them both in the butt. That's what I think. But I feel like they've got the, uh, like, <laughs> there's no strings with that relationship. But also Anna knows, like, what she's done to push Finn away. So if Finn says, oh, yeah, I think we should be together, Anna's not going to make any stink. He's like, oh, yeah, let's make this happen. I don't know. Robert might be coming back to, to stake his claim to Anna. You know, I would, uh, more Robert Scorpio is always better. You never know. I mean, he may, he may make things for Finn very difficult. I'm just saying. Well, they got along pretty well. Um, yeah, but he didn't know that Finn was liking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When when you get along real good until you find out somebody's romantically interested in your boo, and then things kind of switch up and change. I'm just saying. They're, they're going to split that cronut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what? That's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. But as always, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat. Carla Renato is going to be answering every one of your questions in the chat personally <laughs> later this evening. This gives her nothing but excitement. She loves to spend her evening doing that. But in the meantime, if you want to stay in touch with us even after the show is off the air, Carla, <laughs> where can they find you when you're not busy typing away in response to these chats? You can find me across all social media platforms at The Kirby Critic. And just to answer your thing, I was not taking off my hat, so that is why I'm holding up one of my headphones because I was trying to be cute. <laughs> so I'm going to continue to be cute while I'm signing off. I thought you were about to lay out some big power ballad. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I was no. not going to be giving no Whitney ballads today. Oh. All Mm-mm. right. Uh, and make sure you're checking out your, your various sitcoms and TV shows because you never know where Carla Renato is going to pop up next. 
She's blown up all over the network TV <laughs> landscape. So keep an eye out for her. Uh, folks, keep an eye out for me. I don't know why you would, but, I mean, if you want to punish yourself, feel free to check me out on social media. Uh, on Twitter, at Happy Go Jackie. And Instagram, we'll keep it Happy Go Jackie. Why not? <laughs> why not do it for both? Oh, yeah. And um, check me out right before GH Report at 5 o'clock over at Black Hollywood Live doing my film review show with Scott Menzel called Black Tomatoes. Her favorite host. Uh, absolutely. That is Barnum. not true. I that love is. everyone equally. Uh, except for me. She's already made that known. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us here on the GH Report. We'll be back here next Sunday night with another new episode right here on AfterBuzz TV. Deuces. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.